Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Damned United podcast. I'm Bill Olmsden. And I'm Adam Jameson. And we have another strong episode here for you today. It's Sunday, just coming off of a nice 2-0 win away at Blackburn. Me and Adam both in attendance there alongside the 7,300 plus Leeds United fans who made the trip over the Pennines, probably much more than that given there were a few kicked out of of both sides and a massive contingent in the Blackburn end at the end, but a a positive performance nonetheless and we'll mention that shortly. But first, as we usually start off with ads, number 25's in a Leeds shirt. Any that ring a bell to you? Well, there's one in particular who's the current superstar, Mr Sam Byram. Absolutely. There are some crackers in here as well. So we've got Aaron Lennon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Johnny Woodgate. Uh-huh. Richard Cresswell. Do you know what? I was just thinking Richard Cresswell. Because <laughs> we, 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 we talked a little bit about him really early on in the season, didn't we? We did. We did indeed. But yeah, Richard Cresswell's on there. Ronaldo Vieira. Fabian Delph. Barry Bannon. And then obviously Barry we've got Bannon. some... Sam Byron. Barry Bannon did have a little loan spell, didn't he? He did. He did. Forget that. Yeah, there's uh, there's some crackers on here, and I mean, certainly who we've got to come as we get further out to the uh, unused squad numbers, we will be uh, having some interesting discussions in the podcast to come, I'm sure. But of course, who can forget last year's number 25, Rasmus Christensen, one of your favourites. Who who could forget? I think most people would want to forget. <laughs> Absolutely. So there we go, number 25. But currently, one of our favourite players, Sam Byron, donning the shirt. Unfortunately, hamstring injury yesterday. We'll come to that shortly. But 2-0 win. Ads, you nailed it on the money. Back in the game, it's fair to say. So you're on 14 points. I'm on 17 you went 2-0, I believe I went 2-1. So, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see who we side with going into Tuesday's match against Sunderland because it's all to play for right now. But generally, overall performance, pleased? Yeah, it, it, was, it felt like one of those typical gritty, gutsy, rainy away days in the Championship where if, you, if you're serious about getting out of the division you've got to go and get three points on those occasions. And thankfully we did. So, yeah, overall, I think we just have to come away and take the positives, put that game on the shelf and, and focus our minds on on Sunderland away. I don't, I don't think we were... I think we our quality showed in parts of the game. There were, there, were certain, there were certain moments in the game, I think, where our quality shone through. But overall, I don't, I don't think we'll look back on this season and, and, and think of this game as... A, a match where we, you know, massively performed or reached anywhere near our full potential. But, you know, in those key moments, I think our quality showed and it won us the game. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange game for me because, as you say, we had some real moments of quality. Certainly the the second goal in particular, which was brilliant from Archie Gray. Yeah. But I felt like we started quite slowly on... On Saturday, and, and Blackburn, for what it was worth, played some pretty decent football at times. But unfortunately for them, I think they struggled to create an awful lot. And 
certainly create chances that would trouble us. I think they had a few efforts from from goal and a few crosses that might have been slightly unsettling. But apart from that, in terms of breaking the lines and, and getting clear cut chances, there were few and far between for them. I think so. Yeah. And the only real save of note was the Melier one, which again we both mentioned was a save that we probably have liked him to make and should have made. So, you know, I wasn't overly worried. I think it was just more a case of the longer the game went on at 1-0. And Blackburn, you know, weren't certainly weren't the worst side that we faced all season. As I said, I think they've played some decent football at times. I felt like we started slowly in the first half. And certainly in that period between 45 and, and 60, 65 minutes, while it was still 1-0, and Blackburn were slightly in the ascendancy, still felt, you know, mm, we really need that second goal. It was definitely one of those games, as you say. It was it was a great performance and, and one that, you know, is not typical of, of the lead side of years gone by. So that was a pleasing aspect of it. But certainly a game, I think, which would have happily have taken that second goal when it did come. And it, it kind of just killed all chances of, of Blackburn getting back into the game, which was nice. So, yeah, it's it's also positive, I guess, in, in some ways in terms of, you know, Blackburn did have a lot of the ball and, and, and liked to play it in those areas. But, again, another clean sheet for us, probably the first in a, in, a, in a fair while. And it was nice that while we weren't at our best, we managed to A, win the game and B, restrict them to a few chances within the game as well so yeah all in all pretty pretty happy with that and uh, it's just something that we've got to use to to fuel the fire for a, a trip to Sunderland on on Tuesday yeah I think if we I think if you said we we grinded out the result I think that'd be a bit a bit too complimentary to Blackburn I don't think it was a game that we looked particularly troubled at any point but you know they they did cause us a little bit of a few, they caused us a few issues from crosses and they had a few headed opportunities that if they'd have had a bit more quality with those shots that they had they they might have they might have scored but other than that like you say I don't I don't think they I don't think they ever really broke the line and, and got in behind um, so yeah it, it was I always felt that. Especially in the second half, if, if we just got up and at them a little bit more, we'd get the second goal. It, I think it, it was the, the way the second half went; it was ebbing and flowing. I thought one of these one of these breakaways we're, we're gonna we're gonna get a second goal, and it's it's more just about us not conceding, uh, so that we can go on and get a second goal and win the game. So yeah, I was never I was never really too too worried about that game. It was a bit of a typical kind of um lunchtime Saturday kickoff, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I think overall dust yourself down and move on and it's another win. Another three points on the board. Another game unbeaten. And yeah, another step in the right direction. And if we look at the goals in a bit more detail again, we we had a couple of chances certainly with Blackburn playing it around at the back. We pressed relatively well in particular stages of the game. I think Rutter possibly should have scored. But the game, the goals in which we did score, we took brilliantly and created very nicely as well. If we look at Rutter for the first goal, a really, really good finish from Dan James. That's seven goals, four assists for the season for him now, which is brilliant to, for him to really be shining under Daniel Fark. And it certainly thing, seems like he's finding his feet as well. But Rutter for the first goal... <laughs> 
brilliant piece of skill, I think it's fair to say. But it's always the case of if he doesn't know what he's doing with the ball, then how does how on earth is the defender expected to deal with it when he doesn't even know which way the the ball's going in? Um, tried doing a crowd turn and yeah, he's hitting I, against his foot and going past the defender. I, I'd, I'd give a different viewpoint on that. I think the the, the defender's been poor there. He's because he's technically he's won the tackle really, and then he's just I don't know what he's done. He's he's not managed to get control of the ball after he'd kind of won the initial challenge, and then Rotu was was on him and and kind of came out of the, the tackle, and then you know it's I think was it was it four and three at that point possibly um, once he kind of broke that that tackle. So yeah, I I I'd, I'd give an alternative explanation. I'd say it's poor defending. It was poor defending, and it was a poor piece of skill. But <laughs> once he did get past the line, it was a brilliant vision to to feed in James a little jink onto his right, and a, a brilliant finish from him as well. So, yeah, good end to the move. And then the second goal, the pick of the bunch for sure, wasn't it? Archie mm-hmm. Gray must have run about sixty, seventy meters with a ball. Nice little one-two before feeding it into Somerville. A little nice jinky chip over the over the keeper and running to the Leeds end, which was. Brilliant, and I think epitomises certainly Archie Gray and Somerville's levels at the minute. If there was a goal yeah. to describe both of them and how they're playing this season, then that would be it in a nutshell. So, very, very happy that both of those got on the end of that. Archie Gray, nice assist. Somerville, another goal for the season. And that really finished the game off for us, didn't it? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice goal. Um, the finish, lovely little dink. Somerville, for me, is very... He's a very instinctive finisher, so he's, when he's not got time to think about it, I think he's brilliant. And, and that was a situation where he had time for a touch and he had to get a shot off. He didn't, um, he didn't have time for anything more. But yeah, I initially thought the chance had gone when Archie Gray played the one-two with Jorginho. I thought, I thought the, the the ball was on as he played it to Jorginho, but then obviously a nice touch back and uh, some of it was still in space. So yeah, lovely little girl and. I think just demonstrates our our kind of um, speed on the break and, and in attack. So yeah, really good to see. And another pleasing aspect, obviously not pleasing that Bamford was out of the side completely because he was unwell. Well, I mean, take from that what you will. But Matteo Joseph coming off the bench, a completely different player. Yeah, he's, he looks a bit stocky, doesn't he? He looks he looks like he spent the time injured in the gym. Yeah, I think it was brilliant as well. Probably he's got a lot to, I would say, you know, make a name for himself at the minute, certainly with Bamford out of favour and certainly with a lot of Leeds fans. But he came on and, and really put a show on for himself. So, you know, hopefully that's something that he can take forward and he's shown fact that he's got the ability to do that. As you say, he's, he's built out a bit and... It was certainly reflected in his performance as well. There were three or four occasions where he was really bullying the centre half, and it was nice that he was getting the ball, letting it sink in, and then feeding it off. So, yeah, it'll be very, yeah. very interesting to see kind of if he plays a part in the weeks to come as well, because it was certainly a performance of intent from from Joseph. So, yeah, yeah, happy to see that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be really keen to see more of him. Um, I feel. Bamford has obviously been bit part so far this so far this season, and for me, he's just you know he's he's not scoring goals and he's not reliable to come on and score goals for us. So 
why not give Joseph a, a chance and and see if he can replicate that kind of form that he's shown in the under twenty ones or under twenty three, sorry. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. But strong two 0 win, all in all. We take it and we move on to Sunderland, unbeaten in seven games now. Six mm-hmm. wins and a draw. The away day hoodoo. Gone. The away day hoodoo, of course. Of course. And uh, the rhubarb and custard kit got its rewards finally. So it was brilliant that we've managed to put that to bed. And hopefully it's a sign that we can win in our second or third kit or whatever kit of our yeah. choosing. Le- Leeds, fans are, Leeds fans across the land should be having a... Rebab and custard after their Sunday roast this evening. <laughs> I certainly won't, won't be joining and, you on that. And then they should be smothering it down their t-shirts to see if they can make a better kit than that that away <laughs> kit. <laughs> First the bad paint job and now this one. I wonder what we're going to get next year. But yeah, seven wins, sorry, seven unbeaten, six wins and a draw. Nine wins in 11 for us with one draw in that period as well. And the only defeat frustratingly coming against Stoke during that period who have today let Alex Neal go as well. So frustrating, but again, some run that we're on at the moment and hopefully we can continue that as we head into Sunderland, which we will be talking about next. But first, a key player for Sunderland this season has been Jack Clark, a player that we know particularly well. was very, very strong at us and moved to Tottenham, where it didn't work out, obviously come down and He's shown his quality again. He's already got 10 goals and an assist for the Black Cats this season. And there have been some rumours, hasn't there, certainly, around Monto coming out and going one way and Jack Clark potentially coming in another way, which I certainly think from an, out, an outsider looking in would feel a bit like a bit of a frustrating move for us and potentially for him, I would say, just because the fact that we had him we we let him go and now we'd probably have to pay some decent money to get him back, maybe fifteen, twenty million, maybe even a bit more given his current form. And not only that for him, we've got a really formidable front four that are scoring goals and creating goals all over the park. So I don't think he's gonna to wanna to come. And again, as you said about Bamford, be a bit part player who's featuring 20, 30 minutes off the bench and getting the occasional start. He's playing in the Sunderland team at the minute that's, albeit on goal difference, in sixth place and in the playoff positions. And he's their best attacking player by a considerable margin. So again, is he going to want to make the move back to Leeds and be a bit part player? Potentially so. And then move to the Prem. Maybe it's more likely. But yeah, it seems a weird one to me on paper. Yeah, it's. I can see, I can understand Leeds wanting to do the deal, um, because Nonto has not really performed as we'd expected really this season so far. We we thought the drop down to the Championship, he'd be, you know, one of the standout performers in 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 the league. Never mind our team. It's not worked out. I think that's been partly due to how well Summerwell and James have been playing, and that, that front four in general that he can't really he can't really break through. But being realistic, I think we'd be if we get to the end of the season and we've been able to play that front four in the majority of games, I think we can count ourselves very lucky. At some point, you'd expect 
an injury, a, a dip in form from, from someone. So you still need some quality in behind that. With Nonto, I think we've got that quality, but he's he's not kind of shown it too much when he's been given opportunities this season. If there are still kind of rumours that, you know, if he's still got a feeling that he wants to leave and we can get good money for him, I think if we can bring someone else in that that can replace him, then you know I'm, I'm not too fussed if he if, if he did leave and if the club did decide to sell. But yeah, whether that person is Jack Clark or not, I'm not sure. I think from our point of view, that would be a fantastic signing and would would bolster the team. But yeah, as you say, it'd be an interesting one because would he want to come and? You know, he's, he's starting week in, week out at the moment. Standout performer for Sunderland, one of the best players in the division. Would he feel that he should have to come and fight for a starting position for us? I, I'd probably speculate that he wouldn't. And if he does move move on from Sunderland, he, he's going to want to be starting games and continuing the form that he's built so far this season. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but you never know. He's a Legion United fan, I'm guessing, so... That that lure yeah. of being in a Leeds United promotion push might uh, might spare him so. And again, it's the it's the potential of Premier League football, isn't it? Which I think a lot of players would agree is more likely to come from being in a Leeds United side that's just come down and a rich history than Sunderland. Albeit Sunderland, again, Premier League club really at heart and uh, a massive club as well. Albeit being out of the you know, the top flight for a significant longer period of time than we have. However, it'll be interesting to see if there are any legs in this because right about the next couple of weeks is when you're more than likely going to be hearing about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we can have a conversation around this in a couple of weeks as well because left back has been on a lot of people's minds and number 10 has been on a lot of people's minds. So, you know, if you soon get them in, especially with Spence coming out left back, Archie Gray still playing phenomenal at right back. The front four as it is, Jack Clark potentially. We're going to have some squad indeed. Yeah. So it will but be interesting to see all these rumours come to fruition, which again won't be uh, too far away, really. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do we'll have to do a, a transfer, a January transfer special, and speculate who we might, who we could bring in. At, at this rate, I'd have Lewis Lewis Hurst at left back. You know, it's been about five or six <laughs> years since we've had a decent left back, so. Um, yeah, get Thurpo out, get get Hurst in on a free. And set pieces then as well. We've not got a set piece taker, so <laughs> he is a bit of a dead ball specialist, it has to be said. Um <laughs> So yeah, that was Jack Clark and coming up next we have a little touch on Sunderland as we head to the Stadium of Light on Tuesday. They're playing relatively decent stuff. Obviously recently they have sacked Tony Mowbray, wrong decision, right decision. You have to ask various Sunderland fans. Some say it was very harsh. Some say it was probably time for him to go. I think he came out and made some comments recently, which probably didn't aid him in his fight to stay at the club if he did, in fact, want to do that. So, you know, he's had an incredible spell at Sunderland and certainly overperformed, if anything, given credentials that they have and certainly the players that they have basically playing without a striker for a large period of last year and certainly this year as well so playoffs last year they're in the playoffs again this year they have only won one win from the last four and that was 
in the last outing against West Brom, a decent 2-1 win. And given the form that Carlos Corber and Sider are in, it has to be uh, taken notice. And, you know, it's probably put the division on notice as well because, you know, while they haven't been getting the results, they are only a couple of, of decent wins away from getting themselves back in that playoff picture, as we've, as we've said previously. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what and how they play against us on Tuesday. Jack Clark, the main man, as we've mentioned already, 10 goals for him. But very similar to the conversation we were having last week around Sam Schmodick's at Blackburn, his 14 goals. You've got to go quite a way down to see who's next on that list. Dan Neal on four and then obviously um, Joe Bellingham, uh, Jude's brother for uh, you know Sunderland. He's Obviously not as special as his brother, but he's still a very, very talented player. And, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he is playing in the Premier League in a couple of years as well. So they're on four and three, respectively. But a lack of goals, really, from, you know, Sunderland, aside from their, their main man, Jack Clark. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how we deal with that. We dealt with Schmodix very well on, on Saturday, I felt. So it might be similar in terms of combating Clark from that wide area. But, again, they've been crying out for a striker for... A significant period of time and obviously since Ross Stewart's now departed it will be interesting to see how they line up going in that front four Yeah I feel that Mowbray will he's kind of justified in feeling a bit hard done by really I think they are where they probably should be you know I think they're performing at a level they should be I think we maybe talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but when you look at the money that ourselves, Leicester, Southampton have come down with, um, you know, Ipswich having a bit of a freak season with how well they're performing, having just been promoted, you know, and then and then after that, you know, that's where you you'd probably expect Sunderland to be fighting for that kind of fifth sixth place. Um, I don't I don't get how the Sunderland board can really expect you know much much more than that from him especially on such a, a such a small budget and as you say playing without a striker for, for large parts of the last couple of seasons so yeah I feel that he'll probably feel hard done by and um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens Tuesday night if they continue their new manager bounce hopefully not Um but yeah, they've got some they've got some good players. They've got a very young squad. Um but within that they have got some real quality, like you say, in, in Jack Clark, um Roberts and uh, I think Alex Pritchard is up there as well, isn't he? So they you know, they have got some talent in that squad as well. So I don't think it's gonna be a particularly easy game. And they're very much a possession based side as well, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out against our system it's funny how football works as well because these a Sunderland fan well there's a few Sunderland fans at work who work relatively closely with and they're expecting us to chin them on on Tuesday really in terms of like a 2 or 3 nil spanking so it'll be I, I always feel like we're the opposite of that as well like we're, we're going and we're probably being quite reserved with with our score predictions, which are still to come, of course, but it's very interesting how how football works in terms of the mindset of respective supporters. Because I'm I'm not overly confident in terms of going uh, up there on Tuesday and and getting a result. 
I feel like it's a very tough place to go. It'll be a bit of a cauldron, much like Ellen Road under the lights. It'll be a big atmosphere, and we've only got 2,000 Leeds fans that are up in the gods. It's a bit similar to Newcastle in that respect. And, yeah, I think no Byram as well. It's going to be interesting to see how Spence comes in and, and where particularly he plays, whether it is on the left or the right. And, you know, that said, it's a, it's a different conversation in itself in terms of are you are you going to really shift the whole defence round to accommodate him or is it just going to be a case of a straight swap for Byram? So what do you think on that? For me, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put Spence in at left-back, I think. You've obviously got the option of putting strike at left-back, but I never, I was never keen on that experiment in the Premier League, and I'm certainly not keen on it now. And then I feel strike and Rodon are, are, are really comfortable together at, at centre-half, and I wouldn't want to disrupt that. I think every time we've done that so far this season, uh, we've looked, we, we've not looked as sturdy at the back, whether it's you know when it's been Cooper coming in at the back, so I think keeping them two together is is key. Uh, I don't. I think it'd be unfair to put Archie Gray at left back, although you know he might consider that. But yeah, I think I think it'll be Spence coming in at left back, and he's just gonna have to um, yeah sink or swim in his first in his first start. Yeah, it's a bit of a body blow for us with, with Byram again, hamstring, but we don't know roughly how long that's going to be yet. It'll probably be tomorrow when Fark mentions around that. Hopefully it's not a long layoff for him, but, you know, Spence just fresh off an injury. He's back in the, back in the squad and straight back in the starting lineup, or it certainly looks like that if, if we're going to be correct in our predictions. So. Yeah. And it's op- his, his opportunity as well. Like everyone's, you know, one door closing for one player is another door opening for another player. So he's got to take this opportunity with both hands and give Fark a headache when uh, when Byron does come back fit. Uh, give him a headache and a, a decision to make around who he actually starts. Yeah. Do you think that'll be the only change then? And it'll be a case of sticking with that same ten aside from Spence coming in for the injured Byron, as long as there's no other knocks or. I'd imagine so, yeah. I can't, I can't see why he changes the front four. I actually felt Somerville was a little bit quiet on uh, on Saturday against Blackburn. Other than that, you know, in, in the second half he kind of came alive with a a couple of runs down the left hand side. But in the first half, I thought it was fairly quiet. But yeah, again, he showed why he's on the pitch. You know, when he gets that opportunity, he's got the quality to. To take those chances, so I don't see why why we change the front four. Kamara and and Ampadu are playing brilliantly in the middle as well. So yeah, if if that's the only knock, only injury through Byron, I think that'll be the only change. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement there, and it's uh, it's nice really having uh, some nice predictions to be able to make, and not an awful lot of changes to discuss as well. As we've said the the last few weeks, it's been. More or less the same starting eleven, which I can't say again. We've we've had an awful lot over the last three to five years. So again, a nice period of consolidation with that starting eleven, and you can certainly see that there's partnerships even in between that team, and the chemistry is starting to build as well. You say the two centre halves rode on the strike, and then you've got Kamara and and Ampadu, I was going to say Gray, Kamara and Ampadu in the middle and then obviously the front four that just seemed to be buzzing in and around one another as well. The only one mm-hmm. potentially for me was, was Perot. Um, I still 
not sure of him in that number 10 position. But again, I think it's a short-term fix for a lot of Leeds fans, but a long-term staple for Fark. So we won't mention that in too much detail. Yeah, it's it's funny. We've spent, you know, a considerable amount of money on him, rising to I think is it fifteen million pounds. But yesterday he was he was dropping in and picking the ball up like a defensive midfielder. And yeah, you can't help but feel that his quality is in his finishing and his goals. And you know, you're not going to be scoring too many goals if you're dropping that deep to receive the ball. You know, there's a couple of times where he was. I think he he kind of took it off Melier. Um, Yesterday, so yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. I I agree. I, I I'd like to see him play as a more traditional uh, number nine, but you know that we've seen flashes of him playing really well in that number ten position. I think yeah, it's just he's not doing yeah. it on a kind of a consistent game to game basis. No, so, I would agree. Yeah. And he's and scoring a- goals. He's scoring goals as well. And when it, whilst he's scoring goals, you can't you can't knock facts this season, really, can you? No, you can't, and that's the that's also the baffling thing I think from my end is Rutter's scored three goals, but he's created the most chances in the league, and he's, he's created eight goals, so eight assists for the season from Rutter, and it's like he's doing that from a, a number nine position. Like, come on, connect the dots, please, Mister Fark. But whatever he's doing, it is working for us at the minute. I do feel as though it is a matter of time before his performances will come under question and he will face a slight bit more scrutiny. But maybe that'll be the time to change it. It's a long old season, as we know as well. There may be injuries to certain players. Perot might be going up front on his own because Rutter might be injured, for example. So, yeah, it remains to be seen whether that's going to work for us over the course of the season. We're less than halfway through yet, so... As we say, long old season and plenty more games to come. So let's see yeah. what happens on that front. Yeah, for sure. So last but not least, fresh off the back of your two nil at the weekend, bit of a more difficult decision for you this week. Do you think? Yeah, I think I'm expecting a more difficult game. I think we'll have to play at a higher level than what we did against Blackburn. Having said that, I'm. I know you said that you're not that confident. I'm still confident we go there and get three points. I don't, I don't see why, if we perform to our ability, I don't see why we don't go there and win the game. Yeah. It's about doing that, though, isn't it? And we know, certainly with this side this season, it's the consistency levels that have been questionable at times. But Sunderland have been the exact same and we're third in the, reason, third in the table for a reason. So, yeah, I agree to an extent. I'm just... I'm not sure how we'll deal with the, with the atmosphere of it and certainly playing in another game in a short period of time. I, I do feel like we will struggle to get out of second, third gear. So I am going to go with a one-all, I think. I'm just It's just one of those that I'm not overly confident on. I don't see us going there and and being a ratty, grindy side that will go and, and get a win there. You know, we said we, it was a decent result against Blackburn, but I'm not sure we'll do it again, and I'm not sure we'll manage to hit the consistency levels required to, to win the game relatively easily. Yeah. Interesting. They, they they don't seem to draw many games. They've only drawn three out of the 20 they've played so far, and I just, I don't, I don't see losing the game. I think 
I, I see us scoring goals, uh, but it's just whether we can kind of keep it tight at the back. And but I think it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really interesting game because they they do very much play possession style football. And, um, it'll be interesting to see what we do if if we try and uh, counter that and 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 be the team with the more possession, or whether we say to them, yeah, have possession and we'll just we'll pick you off on the break. It'll be interesting to see. I think. Yeah, what what are you thinking for your overall score prediction? I'd go with two uh, one to Leeds. Two one, interesting. So we've got a one all and a two one. Oh, it's going to be tight again. It's going to be tight either way. Yeah, you make a good you make a good case though. I think we're happy and we've said all season as well. We're really comfortable with letting teams come on to us. If anything, it, it suits us and the way we want to play I think it'll just be a case of if they do sit back and they say oh almost yeah go on let let Leeds have the ball then again that could be uh, a bit of a tough ask but no I think you're right in your prediction I think I'm just sitting on the fence slightly I'm just not as confident we've been to far too many of these nights on a cold Sunderland up north frosty, freezing, rainy, to know that we struggle a lot in these occasions. So I think I'm just being a bit reserved. But again, as you say, if we do turn up like we're able to, then we should be able to pick them off, I would say. Yeah. This is this is Dan it's a new area it's a new area, Bill. This is Daniel Farkas League United. It's unbelievable <laughs> hard. <laughs> Positivity, mate. Positive vibes only. We love to see it. So that is all we've got time for. We'll make sure that certainly for the Wednesday or the Thursday recording post Sunderland and heading into Coventry, we'll get some questions for you. We'll answer those as we head into the game and we'll make sure that we're getting you guys involved more at home as well. So thanks again for listening and please again leave feedback. Any questions you've got, hit us up and be sure to share with your friends. I've been Billy Lumsden. And I've been Adam Jameson. And this has been the Damned United Podcast. Adios.